Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so vicious, so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a, lie. that's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Oh, uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? Oh, buddy, happy Halloween. We are right there, sir. We're ready for trick-or-treating, I, I see. Oh, yeah. All yeah. the times. Yeah, the Halloween parties have already been in full effect. Uh, I've, uh, I, I I decided to dress up as Rick from Rick and Morty. Uh, I did. It, uh, yeah, it looked great. Yeah, it looked great. You know, I never, I never actively dressed as somebody obviously skinny. Uh, I usually dodge, <laughs> I usually yes. dodge that for you know you know reasons, but uh, you know what you know I definitely lived up to the costume as far as getting as far as being a drunk is concerned. That's for sure. Fantastic! I'm glad you had a good uh, weekend. Uh, my kids and wife had other such parties this weekend, so I didn't make it to that specific one. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like it the yellow shirt that you're wearing. You could have been my Morty. Oh yes, this is it, my uh, safety color fucking Under Armour shirt, which is comfy as shit. So, uh, but it, it's nice. I can wear it in the field and then still wear it when I get home because I didn't do shit today. So that was great. Well, speaking of comfy as shit and you not doing shit, I watched wrestling uh, while being comfy as shit, uh, and uh, we got a good pay per view coming up. And it's only because uh, of two matches and how we got there that are really making me excited for it. One of two is Logan Paul is going after Rey Mysterio Jr. for the United States Heavyweight Championship. And my goodness, uh, the United States title has never gotten this much buzz ever because Logan Paul took it upon himself to challenge Rey in his post-fight interview in his match that he won, his boxing match. So Logan Paul doing wonders for WWE, making a challenge to, uh, on a worked event, on a non-worked event, to really legitimize his match that he's going to have with Ray, and he really sold that the United States title was going to be a goal of his. So I'm loving what Logan Paul is doing for the business. Um, so uh, yeah, there's that. There's a lot of haters for Logan Paul, and I'm not one of them. And I, I I'm of the age where I should, but uh, I don't. What say <laughs> ye? Uh, I think he's been nothing but fantastic. So there's no reason to hate on him as far as wrestling goes. Um, but, you know, him and his brother are are dumb 20-somethings who do dumb shit on the internet and got famous. So, like, I understand why people don't like the Paul brothers because they're assholes and they talk shit and they're brazen. But, like, at the end of the day, we're wrestlers, so, like, we get that it's a fucking gimmick. 
and they're making money and they're doing it to hustle. Um, I, I don't know that their boxing matches aren't worked to be honest. If, if I'm going to, you know, go there, um, I, they may not be the, they may not win all their fights and there may be somewhat of a decision, but I've, we've heard there's don't knock them out rules and stuff like that. Uh, if, if everyone goes back and watches the Floyd Mayweather fight, you'll see that there's a point where he catches Jake Paul clean on the face and, uh, holds him up uh, in the ring so he doesn't go down. So there's that part. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I think he's doing great for professional wrestling. He, he loves being a heel. He embraces it. He's a great storyteller. He's athletic as hell. I don't think there's anything to dislike him about him as far as, professional wrestling is concerned but uh yeah what's the other crown jewel uh match that's got your 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 taint tickled here well my taint is being tickled by a crowning achievement for the main event for crown jewel for one man and one man only and that is formerly eli drake now la knight who is quite honestly the overnight sensation that wwe has had this year and uh, it's actually quite surprising. It's great to see a wrestler's wrestler just be on top. You know, someone who bre- who kind of breaks the mold as far as age goes. There was a time, there was a time period where you know WWE was just not interested in the pro wrestler or someone over a certain age, uh, and that was like well documented on the internet. But this guy checks off all the boxes, and he's undeniable as far as the audience um, perception of him goes. And uh, my goodness. You know, in a day where there's a quote-unquote competition going on between two companies, there's not going to be any time to, like, just, you know, go against the fans now. If the fans have anointed somebody, you better go with him. Otherwise, there's channel switching times uh, uh, upcoming. And uh, the audience has very much chosen L.A. Knight to be the next, you know, babyface or next just flavor of the month. However you want to look at it. I don't think he's a flavor of the month. I think I think he's got some staying power, and WWE is really putting all their chips on him, putting him in the ring with Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, and John Cena, and he doesn't look like he's just the kid living his dream. He looks like he belongs with all those men in there, and uh, he's talking to Roman, you know, as if he's an equal and not a obstacle to overcome, and that's not something you get. You always get, even if it's Drew McIntyre, he's talking about how he's got to overcome all the odds. Like, nah, man, I want to see a badass motherfucker who thinks he's going to make Roman Reigns his bitch. Like, I he, I want to see that type of delusion. I want to see that type of confidence. And LA Knight is checking all those boxes for me lately. Yeah, and I think he does have staying power because unlike, say, like Kofi Mania, Kofi Kingston, you know, Kofi was not is never has never really been a main eventer type. He like he's not the great promo. His matches don't like LA Knight uh I think gets all of pro wrestling. I don't think there's any holes in his game. So I think he has top guy charisma. I think he's got top guy in ring work. He's got a good finish. Like I, I think everything about about him is gonna work out. I, I think it's gonna be good. Uh and and yeah I I you you it's an interesting note to mention the you know competition so to speak with AEW if a guy does get hot as WWE you can't afford to ignore them anymore you can't Zack Ryder people and you know the the fans get get him over and you just like push him off to the side and he disappears because at this point if someone gets over 
and you don't capitalize on it, they can go to the other fucking company. And then <laughs> you just lost someone that the fans got behind before you can completely bury them and send them on their way. So Yeah, and so yeah. those are the two matches I'm really excited for for Crown Jewel. And you said the word burial, and uh, before you think I'm going to pivot to our subject, which I'm not, I want to talk about the almost burial that Adam Copeland already did on collision, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, you know that that was quick. Uh, I, I I don't know if uh, he's just having fun out there or someone already pissed him off. Uh, but uh, he uh, he went out there and ate Ricky Starks' lunch the other night. And uh, man, I wish I can write for some of these kids because there's like Edge just if if once he gets in there with MGF, MGF has a just a Bible list of a book of things that he can say to edge and yeah. everybody should and should have all the ammunition possible because uh ricky starks did not just take the opportunity to just go after him all he said was wow that insult put me on the edge of my seat and crickets yeah uh so yeah, yeah. cricky starks ladies and gentlemen uh but yeah it was it well was... the funny like the funny thing about the like if you watch the whole segment which i didn't necessarily i, I went back and watched it after i saw the clips um you know, Ricky Starks started it, made a comment, and pissed Edge off, got under his skin a little bit, and then Edge started making fun of him, uh, calling him a knockoff rock, but the vanilla midget version, uh, which is just a wonderful, you know, thing that I, I feel like in the moment as he was saying it, he stumbled a little bit, realizing, mm, I don't know if I'm supposed to say midget anymore on television because it's not a nice word anymore, but uh, it, it's it's just... Everybody wants the freedom until they realize what comes with the freedom. I mean, you know, like Edge is cool. Like, oh, yeah, I want to go play and have fun at AEW. But then you realize that everything's not scripted and these guys can say whatever they want. And so you have freedom, yes, but all the other guys have freedom. And so then it goes, oh, yeah, maybe we should talk about these things before we go out there and shit all over each other and say something that gets under the skin of one another. And then you have a segment like that, which could have easily gone off the rails. Big ups to both Ricky Starks and Edge for finishing the segment and like bringing it back to story mode after they had their little shoot there for 30 seconds. Um, Cause it could have got really ugly and bad in the ring, but you know, good on them for finishing. But like at the same time, you could tell edge was irritated. Like it wasn't just like working. He got like Ricky Starks got under his skin a little bit. And it's just interesting that edge being, you know, almost 50 or at, you know, or over 50 and been in the business for 25, 30 years. And, and he still, Little shit like that gets under your skin, bud. Really? <laughs> yeah, and like you know, Edge. You know, I, I've kind of like questioned this a little bit. Like you know, Edge is like, like, oh yeah, this is bringing me back to the days of the indie scene. Blah 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 blah. I was like, dude, I think you're the, like the most, you're, you're the most shining example of the guy who's been the longest away from the indie scene, as there right. is. Like your indie scene was '96. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's been a long time. You you're pretty much a WWE guy through in and throughout, and it's going to be hard to shake off some of those cobwebs. So even someone for him as experienced as he is, you know, it, it could be it could go off the rails like a podcast. Like you and I don't really rehearse what we're going to say, but like no. if we if 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 we don't know any better and I'm not such a brilliant if I wasn't such a brilliant editor, you would hear us constantly talking <laughs> over each other. That true. <laughs> and, you know, so when, when you have that kind of, you know, verbal freedom, they you guys talk over each other in the ring, and that's never fun. Uh, unless it's a scuffle of words and like, leading to a fight. Otherwise, just two guys trying to get their shit in verbally. Yeah. 
It, it's so it's fun. I I feel like it's it's not a big deal. Like you know, we we talked about it. It's just funny because we are all like, well, yeah, Edge isn't gonna go over there and be a prick like CM Punk will. Now you know, it's not like Punk went in the locker room looking for trouble. But if trouble found him, he didn't fucking turn the other cheek. He went at it head on. Edge, I feel, is gonna be a little more diplomatic. And and from what reports and rumors, which you can take that with a grain of salt, is like you know they had the thing in the ring, and then both guys went and talked to Tony and went, hey. Like, okay, la, da, da, da. and I've had that happen to me in the ring where someone says something that's totally inappropriate and like crosses a line. And, and so like, I understand how that can happen. And, you know, I was professional enough. I beat the shit out of the kid, but like, not, not like I didn't injure him. I just was a little stiff that match because he called my wife a very inappropriate thing. And uh, it was like, all right, we shouldn't do that. And then we talked about it afterwards. It wasn't a fight or anything, but it's like, you know, you got to think about these things. You got to learn these things. And you would hope that by the time these people are on TV, they've learned, hey, I don't care if you want to shoot or whatever, but ask a question. It, what's where? Find out where the line is. Um, there was a famous PWG moment at the first Battle of Los Angeles um, when Christmas Bosharelli, Chris Bosch won. Uh, Battle of Los Angeles and got on the mic in AJ Styles face and said something about like, yeah. And he like kind of spoofed the Austin promo. They're like, oh, you talk about your, your Jesus. You talk about your Bible. And AJ just snatched the mic out of his hand. He's like, Hey, no, you don't ever talk about my Jesus. Right. I'll tell you right now. Like, and it was a shoot and, and Bosch was just like, uh, deer in headlights. What the fuck? And then every single time he was going to talk after that, he was asking everyone in the back, hey, is this okay? Can I say this is what I'm thinking? Like, <laughs> you know, he learned his lesson and AJ was cool about it, but just like he shut that shit down right there on the spot. And it was a little awkward moment, but it was fun. <laughs> Man, if only if AJ was around in 06 when the God match happened. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing he wasn't because Vince would have put AJ with God or tried and it would have been bad oh been... man <laughs> that would have been great <clears throat> that would have been absolutely great well I mean speaking of gods now it's an appropriate segue uh, this is the end of the Undertaker month ladies and gentlemen and yes. uh, we're going out with a bang uh, because it is a hotly debated topic uh, it is the streak you know did it ended uh, a lot of people ha are in their are in their feelings about who ended it. Uh, higher ups are, uh, peers are, fans are. Uh, it's it's kind of divided, and uh, basically everyone who is against it has the same opinion. Brock Lesnar didn't need it, and uh, yeah. and yes, I definitely could uh, I definitely could see that argument very much. So, which side of the fence are you on with the Brock Lesnar win? Uh. You know, we've talked about it a couple times th this month for me. The fact that Brock won uh, was a huge issue for me. I just, like, you know, it, it's not necessarily shocking. Like, and it makes sense. And the way it all played out, I think we got some magic out of the Brock Lesnar ending the streak. So, like, uh, in hindsight, I'm okay with it. Like, the further away from it we get, the more I like it. But at the same time, like it didn't do anything for anybody. Like we had this golden, just the, you know, Vince always says reach for the brass ring. This was the golden ring. Like this was like the last world heavyweight championship that meant anything. Like the last thing that had any meaning in pro wrestling. 
and they gave it to Brock Lesnar. Like, I think even if they had done it a year before with CM Punk and they had anointed Punk, it would have been huge. But doing it for Brock was, uh, you know, it just it made a moment. And that's that's cool. That's what WrestleMania is always about, that WrestleMania moment. And the streak ending was a huge moment, but I don't think it mattered who beat him. It would have been a big moment. Like if that that's what I'm, you know, what I'm getting at. And I just don't think Brock can get any more over than Brock is, was, or ever will be. So, yeah, see, I, you know, I am the biggest Undertaker fan that there is. I have the man tattooed on me. It was a long process and it's still not done. And I look forward to putting myself through more pain to get it finished because I love this character so much. So all that to say, I am I, I pretty much have a PhD in being able to provide why I hate this decision. So I'm going to surprise you and tell you <laughs> why I support this decision because yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, of the wrestlers and the fans are kind of hung up on the fact that this this achievement was a star making achievement. You could have right. made the next guy with this. You could have made somebody with this. You could have done this, but uh, you know. A lot of people aren't really looking at this portion of it. You know, Undertaker, look who he was. He was the phenom. He was the guy that if you were just standing in the ring with him, if he sold for you, if he did anything to make you look believable, that in itself is a made man in a lot of ways. It it could be on a SmackDown, a Raw, any pay-per-view. I think the industry and WWE needed the new phenom to give that rub to so Brock Lesnar ending the streak happened right then and there. And then, like, it wasn't until about last year we see an interview with Cena that you and I marked out for so hard that later that year he was supposed to have a match with Brock Lesnar after the streak was ended, and Brock Lesnar came up to him and said that him and Austin basically had dinner together and talked about how the match should go, and Cena was like, yeah, absolutely. I should just get eaten alive by you because if we have an even match after you beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania, we lose everything the past 30 yeah. years and uh which a speaks to how great cena is for wrestling and b look at what brock lesnar did since the streak he went on and became this world beater uh, boss level achievement for all these guys to get over with yeah like, like uh finn balor uh was one daniel bryan was another that match he had a survivor series with daniel bryan was great that the drew mcintyre thing all these star making performances that brock lesnar did i don't think would have meant it definitely meant a lot because brock lesnar is one of the greatest salesmen ever but without that first initial phenom creation at wrestlemania 30 i i just don't i don't know if we would have gotten the brock lesnar like I don't know if we would put him on the pedestal that we did because of how protected the Undertaker streak was by the push of Brock Lesnar afterwards. Yeah, and and like I said, the further we get away from the decision, the more I'm okay with it. Um, the other thing is, any of the other guys they actually could have made around the same time or even a couple years before, like, I, I just... There's stuff around them like what well, I'm well, I, I'm going to do what I'm going to do today because it's what I would have done like mm-hmm. in the moment. I said it, you know, when it happened in 2014, but like it's what I would have done. So that's what I'm going to go with today. But like the the guy just I, he it wouldn't have been as good. Like I get it. Nobody would have been as big as Brock Lesnar even beating The Undertaker. 
but I think I came up with one that could come close. So, you know. Without further ado, jump in. <laughs> well, before we get there, I'd just like to go down and we're talking about the streak. Let's go through the streak. Oh, we're going streaking. <laughs> At WrestleMania 7, Jimmy Snuka. WrestleMania 8, Jake the Snake Roberts. WrestleMania 9, The Giant Gonzalez. And here's everyone's favorite, I think. WrestleMania 11, King Kong Bundy. Uh, you know, that one happened. WrestleMania 12, we've got Diesel. WrestleMania 13, of course, winning the title from Psycho Sid. And then 14, we had just the, we finally got the big showdown of Kane and The Undertaker. Uh, and then he goes from that big storyline to hanging the big boss man at WrestleMania 15. <laughs> <laughs> so then we jump to uh, WrestleMania 17 and we got Triple H. 18 is Ric Flair. And then uh, this one's fun. 19, it was supposed to be a one-on-three handicap match, but they realized pretty quickly that Nathan Jones couldn't uh, walk and chew gum at the same time, let alone have a wrestling match. So it just became the big show in A-Train against The Undertaker, which is fun. Uh, and then WrestleMania 20, we got the return of the dead man with Kane. 21 is Orton. 22 is Mark Henry. 23, Batista. We talked about a lot of these matches. It's great. Uh, 24 is Edge. It's in Roman numerals, so I'm having to think just a little bit if I interrupt the counting. Uh, and then 25 and 26, of course, we got the two Shawn Michaels matches, two of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. And then at uh, 27 and 28, we got the two Triple H matches, which I hate and Ron loves. Uh, <laughs> 29, we got CM Punk. And then 30, the streak ends. Brock Lesnar, and he did go on to have five more matches after twenty-two or twenty-one and one. We got Bray Wyatt at thirty-one, Shane McMahon at thirty-two, the loss to Roman Reigns at thirty-three, where he laid the gloves down, laid everything down, and we thought he was retiring, but then we got the return at thirty-four for one of my favorite John Cena segments ever. I think this was really well done. It was exceptional. It's exactly what the Undertaker match should have been at that point, just kind of an impromptu match. And then, of course, we got the the last ride of the Undertaker, the Boneyard match with AJ Styles, WrestleMania 36, to bring him to 25-2. and two. That's absolutely insane to have 27 WrestleMania matches just in and of itself. Like, um... I'll just go first this time. I'll okay. save your your wonderful uh, because I, I have no idea where you're going or what you're doing or how it's going to go. So I'm always intrigued when we take it up, uh, whether or not Ron's going to give me some gold like uh, cream pieing Paul Bear and uh, the Pundertaker or if I'm going to get something great like Owen Hart. Uh, took all the credit for running Bret Hart out of WWF. <laughs> so see, I'm really intrigued. I don't know Mine's how to. Mine's not that great. <laughs> see, I don't know how to write this because it's it's a it's literally we're picking a person and our reason why. Like you know, it's it's a match. Right. It's really a match. Like I can't really. I'm not gonna give you a play by play of my match. I'm just gonna. I I just gave you a name and uh, how we go home, brother. Right. So I've got a little bit of buildup because I'm going back to 2014. So it's still going to be WrestleMania 30, but I'm going a little bit earlier. We're going to go back to the Royal Rumble. And instead of having Brian or Daniel Bryan not even be in this fucking Rumble, right? This was the one he wasn't even in. 
or this Correct. was the one he got eliminated early. Yeah, because I think this is the one where Ray Mysterio was number 30 and they booed everyone out of the building because they wanted Brian to win this so badly. So I'm putting Daniel Bryan in this fucking match. And at the end of the match, I'm having some fuckery with Triple H and I'm letting Batista be eliminate Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan last. And then we're going to roll through, you know, we'll roll through the promos and Brian goes out and cuts this promo. What do I have to do to prove to all of you that I am not a B player, that I am the guy that deserves to headline WrestleMania? If you won't let me have the title, then I'm going to take down the other most important thing in pro wrestling. And I'm calling out the Undertaker for WrestleMania 30. And after I beat The Undertaker, you can no longer tell me I'm a B player. I'll, I will have achieved something no other superstar in professional wrestling history could, could do. I'm going to do it. And, uh, and then Triple H will say, fine, if you beat The Undertaker, I'll give you the main event. I'll add you to the match. So we still have that. The thing that sucks about this, right, is in hindsight, this makes WrestleMania 30 a whole lot worse because... <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> we don't get the Brian Danielson Triple H match, which for my money is my favorite Triple H match of all time. And it's phenomenal. And if you're going where I think you're going, you are taking a massive shit on the streak itself. Why? Oh, no. You go ahead. I will ask later. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to WrestleMania. We absolutely do this. We get to WrestleMania. And it, I mean, it's a hellacious match. It's not, you know, a, a five-minute match. I mean, it's a beatdown, and Taker puts him through, you know, Triple H makes it no DQ, so he's getting powerbombed through a table. Like, he's getting everything. And at the end of the day, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, finds a way to end the streak at WrestleMania, and The Undertaker picks him up, shakes his hand, raises his hand and anoints him basically in the ring, the A plus player, the top guy right there. And, uh, and then even later in the match when triple H tries to get involved, undertakers like, no, fuck you. So like, we're giving him the double taker rub and he's still winning the match with the yes movement and everything. I think this way we don't get the, fans shitting on it so hard like they did with Brock winning the match because I think this is the only way you could end the streak where the fans would be happy and I think it would be a great match because I think the the, the WrestleMania 30 match isn't great mostly because of the concussion more than anything because it still felt like Taker could move and he was okay for that match physically otherwise then he was just on queer streak he got knocked the fuck out so that's my pitch. It's it's we end the streak at 30, 21 and 1, but it's Brian Danielson getting the rub from the streak and the yes movement all culminating at the end of the night in Brian Danielson winning the belt. Okay. So, <laughs> it's great because I feel like you seriously pitched something that I would have pitched to troll somebody. <laughs> <laughs> So what you're telling, like, this is great, though. Like, uh, Daniel Bryan's made, for sure. But what you're yeah. telling me is that on WrestleMania 30, we're going to have Daniel Bryan overcome all the odds in a no-DQ match against The Undertaker and win and beat the streak. 
and yes. then still have enough energy to go and win the triple threat match that night? Absolutely. So a big dump has been taken <laughs> on the streak on night one. Night night one. <laughs> not even room to breathe. Not even 24 hours. Not even a full meal later. We yeah. are shitting all over the streak. Uh, no, because he's coming out bandaged up and all that just like he did, and he's just overcoming the odds because it was his time. You should be near dead. And not to yeah, mention, he will be. Not to mention, if we're going to base this in reality, two months later, Daniel Bryan is concussed exactly. and retired. Uh, and that's what I was touching on earlier. This is what I would have done in the moment. Yeah. Not being able to tell the future, knowing that two months later, Brian Danielson's going away. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. There's no real good answer for me in that time period who was going to win, unless we were going to do it the year before with CM Punk. But like, Punk was gone before WrestleMania 30. So like either of those guys, unless they would have anointed punk and then gave him the mega push of all mega pushes, like he would have been gone. And so it it would have been a waste on either of them uh, looking back in hindsight. Exactly. Cause that's always been my, my hindsight question with it. Like, well, if not Brock, then who, who was going to be the long-term invested? Daniel Bryan was injury prone and went away. Uh, You know, Bray Wyatt, it was, he was one year in, uh yeah it was too early for bray it's just the the waters were you know very shallow then as far as making somebody and plus like you know with me wrestlemania 30 is one of those untouchable events and without right without the undertaker streak uh ending and that big lull in the audience it wouldn't make the ending so much happy because it, it went from the lowest of lows to the highest of eyes with connor uh hugging like you know although Beating death in front of Connor would kind of be a heel move on Daniel Bryan's part, you know. <laughs> well, well, transitioning from cancer to canceled. Um, yeah. So, but like I said, admittingly, admittedly, uh, if we if I got my way and we did what I wanted, WrestleMania 30 wouldn't have been as good. Like mm-hmm. I admit that because we lose. Not only do we lose the Triple H, we lose the Brock moment. Like, I feel like the moment of 21 and 1 and the realization sinking in is so worth every single bit of it. And obviously, if we tied that in with the yes movement, it wouldn't have been the same. Like, it wouldn't have been the same thing because the fans were fully behind Brian and they would have been hoping and expecting that he would end the streak. I guarantee you. I guarantee you the yes movement would have came to a screeching halt. If he, I don't think so. Like, I don't think so. As long as Taker gives him the 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 respect after the match and raises his hand and and yeah. does that and 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 doesn't you know have boo boo face, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. Oh boy, yeah. you got John Cena talking that if we have an even match months later, we lose right. we lose everything. But you're. You're just going to job take her out and then have somebody win the title that same night. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you got to do it with the motion. Yes. 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 Oh, I absolutely would have done that at WrestleMania 30 if I had the book. Oh. I, and, and I thought it then. I still would have done it now, even though I can see that what happened was better. Oh, <laughs> see, like, again, this is a hotly debated topic, and I'm glad you went with something a lot controversial. Uh, yeah. And something that I can sink my teeth into on the contrary, for sure. Yes. Because, my goodness, I would have not have done that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm not hating. 
It's just, you know, it's just, my goodness. I think if, since we're, you know, since we are able to debate it before we put it on the cutting room floor, I probably talked me out of having him win the belt, but definitely beating Taker. And then on Monday we can roll with Brian, you know, Daniel Bryan is the fucking guy and it's undeniable. You can't hold him back anymore. Yeah. And then maybe I would have got a singles match out of triple H after that. And then won the belt at SummerSlam or, survivor series or whatever of course he got injured before that and was out so it didn't really matter but yeah well here's what i would do and i'm going to take this a couple years later and we're going to go to wrestlemania 33 now during this point in time this was at the peak of the hatred for sir roman reigns this was this was the baby face being shoved down our throat this was the guy, this was the anointed chosen one that everyone just did not want and you know this was just you know get up go away heat for roman you know he had the kids but he didn't have the adults this is the way i would have gotten the adults and this would be the first shot in you know making this happen because later on they definitely pulled the trigger when covid happened and they made him heal this is where it really needed to happen if they didn't want the big lull in the creative. Uh, they got their head out of their ass and they pulled the trigger, but this is when they should have done it and it would have been amazing. And here's how I would have done it. So the main event is as follows. They bring JR out to commentate this match. Uh, it's Roman Reigns, the big dog, versus The Undertaker, the owner of the yard. And, and that... And that claim would actually mean a little something because the streak is still going you know right. it's not really his yard anymore had the brock lesnar thing happened and i am in front of the line of saying that i think the brock lesnar thing was a smart idea and it should have happened but if we're if we're going to make the next phenom and make the next star let's do both at the same time based on how things are going today so right so the match is as follows you know it's a roman reigns match there's going to be 38 spears there's going to be 47 Superman punches. And you know what? This is going to be the first civilian type wrestler, not a monster, not a, you know, not not a disfigured person. This is going to be the first person to kick out of three tombstones. Wow. And and Taker's not going to know what the hell to do. And you know, it's a big dramatic sequence. We got we got JR on the on the call. So after the third tombstone, there's like a mini almost human, you know, uh, rant, uh, uh, fucking, you know, what, what, tantrum from the Undertaker, not not like a yeah, Christian yeah, one, yeah. just like yeah, you can yeah, see yeah, frustration exactly. on his face, and you can just see him tell the entire story with his face, and it sets in. Qu- crowd gets a little quiet after that third tombstone. He steps over the top rope and just walks very slowly up that ramp, and then the referee starts counting, and like confused counting. And by the time he's getting to six, the referee is realizing what's happening. And JR is telling the story perfectly. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. John Wayne is walking off into the sunset. And you have a Roman Reigns at around seven realizing what's happening. And just cussing up a storm, throwing his own tantrum, doing a double turn of the century. Like, you know, you start booing the way he's reacting. and And the count hits ten. And Undertaker gets himself counted out. His first loss at WrestleMania is handed oh. down by himself. And then, oh, no. as they make that announcement, 
that is 20 whatever and one and he leaves by de-elevating from the floor with his hand raised and the streak is never broken by another man ever and that's when he retires and oh. then from then on then we just have roman reigns just spiraling as in a crazy crazy heel turn fashion that the accomplishment that's on paper was never earned by him and he starts being a, a total asshole begging for people's acknowledgement for other reasons other than defeating the undertaker in a non-defeating fashion. So, in the same way that you poo-pooed the streak, <laughs> I'm not making a damn sight of a soul of a superstar with this streak, and I'm letting the Undertaker go away on his own accord no. with that streak fully intact. You're you're letting the streak end in the worst fucking way possible. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the Vince McMahon way. I'm gonna kill it. I it's my WWE. I'm gonna kill it. Oh, wouldn't that be great if Vince was the one who beat him? Oh, Vince ended dude. the streak. That's actually a great idea. Oh, the, the God running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. WrestleMania 27 Undertaker versus Vince. And he totally screws the Undertaker. Oh, cost him the streak. Yeah. On a show that the Miz made events too, no less. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, I'm not down with the count out finish. However, <laughs> I like the premise of using Roman Reigns to end the streak in a heel turn. Like I love that idea. Maybe we start the bloodline a few years earlier uh and we do it at WrestleMania and we end the streak. Like that I could get behind. I think you found the right answer for who's the guy we could actually uh, you know ordain as the next tippy top guy i think roman reigns is the correct answer um i think maybe edge you know if edge would have done it or orton would have done it at some point it would have been okay for them it was but offered like after to, it, it was offered to edge on on right. 24 and yeah uh, he, he did the smart thing and said nope <laughs> yeah but i i think other than other than orton or punk or edge the only other guy it maybe would have made sense for was kane but not at wrestlemania 20 not during the return of the dead man like i know they offered it to kane and he was like are you fucking crazy mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that would have sucked that would i think that would have sucked more than brock that would have pissed people off way more um if they'd have done that at 20 so i mean I, I really think, can't think of another guy that it would have worked with if, unless if they, it was before the streak right, was a thing. Right. I think right. I think if they would have held off and gave it to Bray at 31, it would have made a little more sense. Only because and this yeah. is and this is why. You know, uh, Bray didn't have the greatest run after the Undertaker match, probably because two WrestleManias right. in a row he lost. And you know that and that's a character you got to capitalize yeah. on. And they didn't for 2 years straight and they could have. But and this is another thing we can we can you know say well you know he's no longer with us so what's the investment but here's where I'm gonna here, oh no but oh no because he was there for years exactly yeah, absolutely because like you know who's our favorite guy Cole right now Walter oh Walter but like I'm talking about who got it <laughs> like when we were children Bret Hart right oh yeah Bret Bret Hart so absolutely the, yeah. the 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 time period that touched us the most four years. 
five years. Yeah, maybe? yeah, absolutely. So Bray absolutely. Wyatt, Bray Wyatt was there more than what he was there ten years, and we we yeah, we kind of absolutely we kind of take that for granted as adults, where life moves really fast at after a certain age and after a certain amount of responsibilities. Whereas when we're children and that's all we have is time, uh, yeah, four absolutely. years can seem like an eternity. And Bret Hart is a forever person to us. So well, no, but I I I really think the Undertaker's legendary status comes down to a four-year run i mean like yeah he had a 30-year run and it was kind of like oh yeah the undertaker he's the air is cool but if we don't have the the matches with sean and we don't have the like if we don't have that stretch of matches from like wrestlemania 21 through 25 26 like the undertaker is not looked at in the same light yeah like in kurt angle's run really wasn't that you know like he was around forever but like his actual run was just a short pocket same thing with stone cold mm-hmm. stone cold was like 14 through 19 and he was gone yep like, <laughs> so yeah I, I we only need a four or five year run but they dropped the ball three times with bray wyatt like just flat out dropped it because for you know let's just be honest it's because he was overweight he was a big guy, and Vince looked at him and said, "He, he, this guy, and he's weird. He's got that strange character. It would Vince was never going to make him the top guy, no matter how many times he got over and proved that he fucking deserved it. <laughs> like it's insane. I think that's the one thing we can look at right now because we know that Triple H pretty much has almost full control of creative right now, and so we get a guy like uh, L.A. Knight." popping up and triple H goes, yeah, we're wrapping our arms around this guy. Cause he got fucking over what the, we're not going to throw this away. Yeah. We're not going to waste this. So like they wasted Rusev. Uh, they wasted <laughs> Bray. They wasted any opportunity they had a couple times with Zack Ryder. Like they've just wasted <sighs> so many people over the last 20 years that because Vince wasn't ready or he didn't have his mind made up or he wasn't, you know, sure. And so he just pulled the rug out from it and then pushed guys down our throats that we hated like John Cena for a long time and Roman for a long time. And yeah, he had the vision to see that these guys were going to be mega stars because of the way they look, but also because they're going to figure this thing out at some point. And so like, yeah, in the long term. Okay, his guy he was right on those guys, but like you could have we could have taken some detours around the along the way and got some other guys over too. <laughs> ah. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly it's certainly a Vince world then. It's not a Vince world now and uh we're eventually going to have Gunther retiring Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. It's going to be great. That'd be great. It's going to be great oh. and it's going to be in big decisive fashion. We're going to throw a party and you and I are going to throw so. a party on uh, a bunch of people that uh, Vince pulled the ruck out from under. I think I used that sentence correctly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, he's been doing it for his entire career. And uh, I'm just going to call November month uh, WCW month, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be fun. Yes. This is going to be fun, ladies and gentlemen. We talk, yes, we li- I love we it. We like to talk about Survivor Series on November. But let's talk about the original November show, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about let's talk about the Starcade. Let's talk about WCW. And we got a whole month planned for you. And I'm going to tell Cole right now because I wanted to tell him sooner. But, you know, we're recording late, so I'm going to tell him now. So. 11-1 is going to be the top 10 WCW moments. I'm going to say WCW that way from now on as much as I can. 
<laughs> and Cole, your favorite and mine, the next two weeks, 11-8 and 11-15, we're going to have the good old WCW draft. Oh, get your Southern guest available at the ready, and let's have someone pronto so that way we don't have to cancel again because of uh, shenanigans on uh, mine or the guest part. Um, Then we got two very delicious take-it-up-with-creative ideas when it comes to WCW, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be two hotly debated ones, and this one was kind of a theme of what's going to come at the end of the month. Who in the hell should have beaten Goldberg, ladies and gentlemen? Yes. Let's talk about that. And, of course, the most fun uh, topic to discuss, and it's another one of those topics where, like, hmm... It's too far-fetched. The original was way better. Uh, how can you change it? So let's try to find a way to make it worse. I'm talking about the third man, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Who would be? It's Mabel. Oh, yes. Mabel. <laughs> yes. You talk about you talk about a crossover of podcasts. Uh, you know, where Mabel is famous for other reasons on our podcast, and Mabel is famous for other reasons yes. in the rumor mill of professional wrestling. So who knows? Maybe an accurate story uh, reimagining the urban legend. Ooh, that's a tough. Uh, that's a tough description. And uh, yeah, that is the entire month of November. Five weeks of WCW. Cole, what do you think? I love it. We don't talk about WCW that much Who? because like, just sorry, WCW. Thanks. We don't talk about that that much uh, because I mean WWE is the undisputed king of professional wrestling sports entertainment. So, uh, you know, if you're doing a nostalgia podcast, it, it's it's going to be a lot of WWE. Uh, but I love when we dip our toes into other things. I like talking about territories. I like talking about Japan and Lucha Libre. And so WCW month is cool. What month? Because WCW month is cool. This is going to be fun. I'm going to go watch me some WCW pay-per-views, and I'm going to have to do a little more research. On? WCW. <laughs> I'm just going to say it more ridiculous every time, too. Oh, uh, like South so, Park? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God damn it. It's been a little tough because uh, I found a new, like, absolute obsession uh, this month on the free downloads, the free games. If you're a, a PlayStation Plus member, is Farm Simulator 22? Now that sounds like oh, Jesus just Ron hates life, Christ. but uh, <laughs> I've <laughs> I downloaded it last weekend. I've probably played about 70 hours of this fucking game in a week, so I'm like I'm like uh, negotiating how many hours of sleep I need to, to function. I'm like trying to figure out how I can work around getting my kids dropped off. Cause this game is insane, all immersive. And that's why I haven't watched wrestling in the last week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to watch wrestling, but virtual chores I'm in. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> It's so much dumb fun, dude. You take a, you go, you make a garage trip, and then you sit down and just like lose yourself farming the monotony of it and the awesomeness of just like letting your brain go and not thinking about anything. Oh yeah, I'd lose. It's I, amazing. I, I definitely lose myself with a gun and let my brain go if I were you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. What do we do? It's what do like, we do here? It's again? Red Dead Redemption without any of the fun stuff. <laughs> You're just doing deliveries with your wagon the whole time. See, that should be the commercial. It's like fun, but not. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for today. Join us next month for WCW Month as we just talk about all things WCW for five weeks in a row. This is going to be fun. 
Thank you. We love you. Good night. Mwah. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.